Hi, welcome to What Are the Tax Implications? I'm Ron Scott. I'm Jeff Rosenthal. We are your first call tax advocates here once again to help increase your financial and tax knowledge. In today's episode, we'll be speaking with people concerned about deductibility of mortgage interest and maybe some relief from capital gains when they sell. An innocent spouse who is very unhappy with the reality of a large tax liability and a deep dive into the differences between married filing jointly and married filing separately when filing your taxes. And what are the tax implications? Whether you're the CEO of your household or of your business, questions constantly arise regarding the tax consequences of your financial circumstance. First Call Tax Advocates is always here to answer your questions and offer educational background regarding the potential tax implications of your action. Ron and Jeff are your first responders. They are board certified financial and tax professionals with over 60 years of experience. Please visit their website, firstcalltaxadvocates.com. That's firstcalltaxadvocates.com. Learn more about them, explore their resources, and leave a review of your experience. For more urgent matters, please call them toll free at 833 568 8999. That's 833 568 8999. The topics and responses discussed here are intended for general education. Our discussions are not intended to give you advice on your specific situation. We would advise you to seek advice from a competent and licensed professional. Tax law is always evolving and our discussions are based on the law existing to date. Igor from Illinois calls and asks about the deductibility or tax implications of mortgage interest. So what are the tax implications of paying mortgage interest? And Jeff, can it be deducted? Great question. Well, mortgage interest can be deducted. They have put income limits on it. Um, the current rules are that first mortgage, uh, primary mortgage could be up to $750,000 in debt. Um, and um, if you have a, say, million-dollar mortgage, um, obviously you would only get three-quarters of that deduction. But otherwise, if your debt is lower than $750,000, yes, you, you get the full deduction for that, assuming you itemize. That last statement, Jeff, assuming you itemize. So taxpayers need to work with competent tax professionals to help them with that very important decision. Do I use the standard deduction? Do I use the itemized deduction? Sounds like an episode coming up. But let's get back to Igor. Igor has an opportunity by filing Schedule A to include mortgage interest on his his personal residence. What about what about mortgage interest on a business? Is that deductible? That doesn't have the same limitations. Um, it is deductible on the business return. 
Ah, so you can get a deduction for your business mortgages and you can get a deduction for your personal mortgages with limitations, though, on the personal. On the right? personal does have limitations. The business does not. Igor was also asking about selling his uh, his real estate. So if he sells his business real estate and he does so for a gain, is there any tax relief? What are the tax implications? On the business real estate, there really aren't tax relief. It's the cost of the sale plus the cost of improvements and expenses along the way plus the uh, the cost basis, what did it cost to buy it? So it's the the cost to buy and improve and sell versus the selling prices. The, the net number of that, the gain or the loss, would be deductible. And there's one little wrinkle. If you're using it for business, you've been depreciating so that depreciation also has to be added back. You have to recapture that depreciation. So it's a, not a simple transaction at all. Yeah, so depreciation recapture, that sounds like another episode, Jeff. It probably is. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the, to the business world someday with some, some callers, I'm sure. What about the personal residence? So let's say Igor uh, has a, his residence that he wants to sell and he has gains. Any opportunities in the tax code? Any tax implications? Uh, there absolutely are. So if you've lived in that house at least two years in any five-year period, the last five-year period, if you've lived in that house as your primary residence for two years, you are allowed to exempt up to 500000 married filing jointly, right? 250 for an individual. Now, the rule here is the ownership and use ownership and use two out of the last five. So there are some more details with regard to section 121 that we'd be more than happy to discuss in detail. Don't forget to give us a call uh, to you know to tap into our uh, our live intellect. So to, to help Igor understand mortgage interest deductible both uh, personal, and business, but in two different manners. And yes, there's an opportunity for capital gains relief. So there's an exemption under Section 121. If he's single, 250000 of the capital gain will be exempt from tax. If he's married and he and his spouse owned and used the property for two out of the last five years, 500000 Good luck, Igor. Our next caller is Irate Irene from Ipswich. She's very upset. She's just learned that she is responsible, along with her husband, for a rather large tax liability. She knew nothing about this. She has signed the tax returns in the past, but this year's filing shows an enormous tax liability. She knew nothing about the activities that generated this, this um, liability, and she wants to know what recourse does she have? What are the tax implications? Can oh. she get help? Oh, boy, Irene, I'm sorry you're going through difficulties. Uh, before I go into the tax implications of this, let me add a small little caveat that money debts 
in general and money debts to the government often break up marriages. Sometimes they even result in marital abuse and substance abuse and domestic abuse and child abuse. Under no circumstances should violence be condoned or allowed to continue. There are a number of resources available to you, probably in your community. There are domestic abuse hotlines. Please call them and seek help. Uh, now to the tax issues. Yes, when you signed a tax return jointly, whether you knew about the expenses or the, or the omitted income or not, you are jointly and severally responsible. You are, you, you are a party to that, whether you knew about it or not, and you do have recourses. The law has provided a mechanism to sever that joint and several liability, and we call that the innocent spouse rules. And they're a little complicated, but they're available. Innocent spouse. So in this case, if the spouse can claim no knowledge, no understanding, no communication about this, there could be an opportunity for the innocent spouse to not be liable. Is that what I heard, Jeff? That is correct. Uh, again, we don't want to make it sound simple because it's not, but there are provisions in the law that would allow a circuit breaker, if you will, to break that joint liability so that uh, the liability will be broken up, uh, his and yours. So I rate Irene. Maybe there's some relief, but Irene should not directly call the IRS on this, right, Jeff? Oh, absolutely not. Irene needs professional guidance by an experienced, licensed professional. With experience and innocent spouse. Absolutely. For sure, because some representatives out there, some advocates who are um, have been in the business helping people uh, get relief from tax liabilities may never have worked a case like this. So make sure you interview your potential advocate to make sure that they have experience with innocent spouse. Now, there is an, a, there's another term I've heard, injured spouse. What is that about? Well, that's a, a great question. That's different. So let's say... Hypothetically, you get married, but prior to the marriage, one person had um, student loan debt that was that was defaulted upon or whatever that shouldn't impact the new marriage, the spouse and the new marriage who had nothing to do with that. You're going to declare that up front and you have to declare that each year that that's debt, but it's not my debt. And the tax return is basically filed as a joint return, but separated the income so that uh, the husband has his income, the wife has hers, and whoever's stuck with the debt, that would that person would be responsible for that debt. So you spouses out there that might not know exactly what's going on in that tax return, maybe it's time to learn a little bit about what those numbers mean. You're signing the tax return and you're believing that your spouse um, has your best interest in mind, and maybe he or she does. But how about you having your best interest in mind? Check out that tax return. You know, learn what all those forms mean. You don't have to know everything, but you do have to understand some of the substance. Good luck, Irene. Remember, 
The First Call Tax Advocates, Ron and Jeff, are your first responders. Board certified professionals, over 60 years of experience. Visit their website, firstcalltaxadvocates.com. That's firstcalltaxadvocates.com. Learn more, explore, and leave a review. For more urgent matters, call them toll-free at 833-568-8999. That's 833-568-8999. And for you subscribers, we offer a complimentary consultation to discuss your tax matter. Wilma and Fred from Bedrock called with a question about their filing status options. There is, seems to be a rather large discrepancy with regard to income and deductions between these two spouses. So today's discussion will be about the pros and cons of married filing jointly and married filing separately. So Wilma and Fred would like to know what are the tax implications with regard to the filing status? So married filing jointly is preferred and it's supported by society. And by that, I mean that married filing jointly has a lower tax rate. Married filing separately is deemed anti-society. And that goes back to the actual founding of the colonies. And married filing separately is at a higher tax rate. And some of the credits and deductions are not available to you. So Fred and Wilma, let's talk about why specifically you would want to file separately. Um, if there is a large difference in income, if there's a large difference in deductions, it may make sense, rarely, but it may make sense to file separately. So Jeff, what are some of the rules for the married filing separate folks who those who are considering it that are different than the married filing jointly when it comes to filing their taxes? Well, if one or both of them are receiving Social Security, married filing separately makes the Social Security 85% taxable automatically, and you might have a much better situation by filing joint. There are limitations with Roth IRAs. Child care credit is unavailable if you're filing separate. Tuition deductions are unavailable. And capital loss transactions, if you lost money in the market, also have limitations. Wow. You mentioned the Social Security. So 85% of a married filing separate taxpayer, 85% of their Social Security benefits will now be taxable. If they were married filing jointly, there would be a different calculation. And that 85% could be as low as zero, right, Jeff? 100%. And it's a very big consideration uh, to be taken into account. So zero or 50% or 85%, I remember, are the different percentages of Social Security. You also mentioned Roth IRA. So the Roth IRA is impacted by the married filing separate uh, filing status because of the threshold, right? The income threshold with regard to contribution. So the contributions to a Roth IRA are affected significantly. My understanding is that it starts phasing out at dollar one. 
and it's all gone on your first $10,000 of income. So it, it sounds punishing. I mean, it, you can't contribute to a Roth IRA unless you're making a really, really, really low amount of money. What else, Jeff? What about, what about choosing to itemize versus choosing to use the standard deduction? Well, as one goes, the other one must go. So if one itemizes, the other is required to itemize, even if their expenses are below what would otherwise be the standard deduction. Uh, so therefore, it becomes a, a really thorny issue if you're not even speaking to the other spouse. You have no idea what they've done. Hmm. Communication is key. Uh, when you're working with your tax preparation professional, um, make sure that everything is fully disclosed because there could be issues with um, deductions for children. Is there any effect on the child tax credit, Jeff? Oh, absolutely. So, again... Married finally jointly gets all of the benefits of the of the society and all of the benefits of tax law. Married filing separately is punishing. So Wilma, Fred, get educated. Learn as much as you can. Work with a professional that can help you make the right decision for you. Most of the time, married filing jointly will probably offer you the lowest tax liability. But you never know. You need to do the analysis. And sometimes the circumstances of life compel you to file separate because you're going through marital issues or because somebody has a legal issue outside of the marriage. And it may make sense to file separately, even though it's going to be more expensive tax wise. Good luck, Fred and Wilma. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. You probably have additional questions, don't you? We are your first call. Remember, everyone's situation is unique, but we should be your first call. We are your first responders. The 911 operator doesn't call you. Please call us toll free at 833-568-8999. Again, 833-568-8999. And visit our website at firstcalltaxadvocates.com. We'd love to know what you've learned today. So please leave a review on our website. We have attempted to appeal to a broad audience, but we want to help everyone if we can. In our next episode... We'll be receiving calls regarding alimony and child support. What are the tax implications? Additionally, an installment payment arrangement. We'll define what it is, but what happens when you've agreed with the IRS, you owe them money, but now circumstances have changed, you can't afford it. What recourse do you have? What are the tax implications? And lastly, We'll receive calls from people wanting to give away their money. We'll talking about we'll talk about gifting, gifting to spouses, gifting to family members, gifting to strangers, and gifting to charities. And what are the tax implications? 